please have your seats. We're going to do a reading now. The parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, Mercy on him. Jesus told him, this is the word of the Lord. Microphone causing a bit of feedback there. But it's lovely to have you with us this morning. And congratulations to Poppy, Samuel and Lincoln on their baptisms, on their christening. Christening and baptism mean the same thing. And you know, sometimes people come to me and they say, Pads, what do I need to do to get baptised? Or what do I need to do to have my children christened? And you know, in the story we just heard, Jesus is asked a question very like that. Because this expert in the law comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In other words, what must I do to be included in God's family? And Jesus doesn't answer him. Instead, Jesus turns the question back on him and he says, well, what do you think? How do you read it? And this expert in the religious laws says something he would have been taught since Sunday school. He says, love God and love your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. And Jesus says, you've got it. Perfect. Just go and do it. That's fine. But the expert in the law is still not completely satisfied he's got the right answer and so he says to Jesus he says well hang on a minute but who is my neighbor 
Is, is my neighbour the person who just lives next door to me? Or is my neighbour all the people in my street or all the people in my town or all the people in my country? Who is my neighbour? This person I should be good to. And in answer, Jesus tells the story, this famous story, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And on one level, it's a story that simply says, well, you should be good to people. You should help someone who's in need. There was a man beaten and he'd been robbed. And the man goes to help him. But in fact, the story is much, much deeper than that. And we can only really grasp it, perhaps, if we retell the story in our own present time, maybe even here in Southcote. And so I want you to imagine that you've been into Reading, that you've been to the cinema to see a film or something like that, you've caught the bus back, you've got off at one of the Southcote stops, and you're walking up Southcote Lane, there it is, up Southcote Lane, on the way home, when all of a sudden you hear a groaning coming from an alleyway. And you look up in the darkness, and you, it's, 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 it's late, it's getting, it's getting evening, and it's getting dark, and you look at the darkness, and you see this man lying on the ground in the alleyway, and he's, and he's bruised, and, and he's bleeding. He's obviously been robbed. He's been beaten up. And you have a choice. The question is, what are you going to do? So I've devised the Samaritan test for us this morning, and I want you to help me to retell this story. You've got to make a choice, and here's the choice. Do you decide not to get involved and leave him there? Or do you dial 999 and wait for the ambulance to come and keep him company? Put your hand up if you would do A. (laughs) Okay, there's a lot of nice people here this morning. That's good. So you dial 999, but when you dial 999, the person on the other end tells you it's a Friday night, the ambulances are really busy, there's been a multiple pile-up on the M4, there are no ambulances available. If it's not life and death, it'll be a long time before the ambulance comes. And then you have another decision to make. Do you take your family home? Or are you prepared to do something more? Will you help him back to your house, get him cleaned up, and then drive him to casualty? Put your hand up if you would do A. You're really good. Okay. So, put your hand up if you do B. <laughs> okay. Very good. I was just checking that you, would, that you had something, some other agenda. Okay. And so, you take him to casualty, but then you're faced with yet another decision. It gets complicated when you help people. You're faced with another decision because... Oh, I've lost the... Could you get me back on track? Thank you. Okay. Then you're faced with another decision, because are you just going to drop him off at casualty, or are you going to stay with him until he's treated to check he's okay? And bear in mind that the average wait in casualty is four hours. So what, what are you going to do now? Because, let's see, uh, 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 this is an honesty test. Not, not, this is, don't put your hand up just for which you think is the best thing to do. This is what you would do. So who would do A, leave him in casualty? Yeah. This is where I, I have to admit, this is where I get off the test. This is as far as I go. I mean, he's with experts, he's with doctors, they can look after him, he's fine. So I'd probably leave him in casualty. But some of you, I know, because you're really, really good, would stay to check that he's okay. But while you're waiting with him in casualty, guess what happens? He tells you his life story, and it turns out he's only just arrived in the country. He's homeless, and because he's just been robbed, he's also penniless. He's got no money at all. So what are you going to do now? 
The next question is, do you leave it for the hospital to deal with or do you offer him a bed for the night? Who would do A? <laughs> okay. Anyone offer him a bed for the night? <laughs> Come on. There's a few hands there. <laughs> Mainly children. You see, children are much kinder than adults. Okay. So, so you take him home for the night, but then you realize over breakfast the next morning that, of course, it's going to take this homeless, penniless person an awful lot to get back on his feet. And so you're faced with another question. Do you take him to social services and tell them he's homeless? Hang on. Uh, I've moved on. Sorry. Do you take him to social services and tell him he's homeless? Or do you offer him your spare room for as long as it will take for him to get back on his feet? Who's going to do... Who's going to go for B? The children again. (laughs) They really are much kinder than us, aren't they? And so you offer him your your, 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 your spare room for as long as he needs it. But of course, it's more complicated to get a job, which he'll need. He's going to need online internet access so he can apply for jobs. He's going to need clothes. He's going to need a mobile phone. He's going to need money for the bus. Are you going to give him all of that as well? And so do you see... Do you see that, that this is getting quite a big ask, isn't it? And do you know something? In the parable that Jesus told, the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan goes all the way to number six. He does that because he, he gives the man all the medical attention he needs. He takes him to a place of refuge. He offers to put him up there, put him up there at his cost for as long as necessary. And then he even says, I will pay whatever the on costs are of looking after this person. He goes all the way to number six. And now you begin to see what Jesus is asking, that what demanding of loving your neighbor. But there is a twist to the story. There's a big twist to the story. Because the man who was lying by the side of the road and the story that Jesus told was a Jewish man. And the man who helped him was from Samaria. That's why he's called a Samaritan. It's a, it means a person from Samaria. And guess what? The Jews and the Samaritans were absolutely sworn enemies. And so now you see you're faced with an even bigger difficulty because you have to go back and retake this Samaritan test given that the person you saw lying on the ground in the alleyway was your sworn enemy. Now how far will you get in the test? And, And so do you see that rather than this story just being about a nice idea of helping people, Jesus was pointing out that actually it's virtually impossible to be good enough for God. There is no way for us to simply do such good deeds that God will bring us into his family on account of that. But you know something? The good news, the good news of the Christian message is this, that God loves us so much that he had a way of dealing with that and he sent his son Jesus who died on a cross for us, carried all our sins in order that we didn't have to pay the penalty, that we didn't have to take the punishment for that so that we could be forgiven and set free. Do you know, some people think that you have to be a good person to go to church. Do you know, it's absolutely the opposite. The definition of a Christian is someone who knows that they're so flawed, they need a saviour. 
And this is, this is the grace of God, the love of God. And we consider, at St. Matthew's, we consider it our most important task to help people to understand, children, youth, adults, older people, to help everybody to understand how, the, how much love and grace God has given us in his son, Jesus Christ. Because none of us can jump high enough to clear the bar of being good enough to make it into God's family, but God offers us a free invitation. If we will follow Jesus, that's why the baptism service said, do you turn to Christ? I turn to Christ. If we will truly turn to Christ and follow Jesus, then God simply welcomes us in. We don't have to be good enough. And so my invitation to you this morning is that if you've ever felt that church isn't for you, if you've ever felt that, that church is for other kinds of people, people who are more sorted or people who are good or who are better than me, if you've ever felt not good enough, then please hear this invitation. Come and find out more about the love of God. We do that for the children, we do it in kids' church. For the teenagers, we do it in the gap, as Chris was talking about. For adults, we have something called the Alpha Course, where we People come and, 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 and learn and discuss and find out more about the love of God in Jesus. And, of course, we meet here every Sunday morning at this time at 10 o'clock, and you are all invited any Sunday, every Sunday, to come and discover the life-changing joy of knowing the love of God in Jesus. Why don't we just pray for a moment? Dear Lord, thank you that we don't have to be good enough in order to earn your love. Thank you that you love us just the way we are. Thank you that your free gift is that when we turn to Jesus, we are forgiven and set free. And I pray for each person here today that they would know the presence of your Holy Spirit working in their lives and come to know your love. For Jesus' sake, amen.